Welcome back, men, women, and children, to In Retrospect. This is episode 46, Finifro, an interview with Atem Reed. Atem is a practicing dentist in Albuquerque, but he grew up all around the world speaking a handful of languages. And uh, thanks for joining us today as we look at his multicultural experience in retrospect. Folklore tells us that cats will stand on your chest and suck your soul right out of your mouth. That bear did charge me. She was six inches from my feet. I can do whatever. I can do anything because I was made to do anything. Turn around and there's a um, barrel, the guns at my forehead now, and I can see the bullets in the chamber. In the end, it'll be okay, and if it's not okay, it's not the end. If you all want to come park my car, me and my kids will honk your horns for you. When he told me I could fly, and I jumped off my roof. Pilot was sort of a cowboy guy, jumped out, and he's like, whoa, man, did you see those rockets shoot at us? And the mom and dad are crying, and they come over to me, and the mom hugs me, and she says, that's the first time my little boy's ever said a word in his life. All right, welcome to the Yorkshire studio. Can you give yourself a, tell me, tell us who you are, your name and... Hey, my name is Tim Reed. I'm a uh, dentist in Albuquerque and I'm out here visiting my good brother Kendall and his family <laughs> hey. and enjoying the view from this phenomenal studio he's got going on. The Yorkshire studio. Love it. Okay, thanks for the intro. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over... Uh, your life, basically. Life lessons. This podcast is called In Retrospect. So basically, it's looking at life in retrospect, looking at life lessons, and um, and then we're gonna have a little quiz show in the middle. And if you get, well, we'll talk more about that later. So there's a prize to be won if okay. you win. If, if you win, if you win the quiz show, sounds good. So we're gonna start first with you're a dentist. And what do people not know about dentists, about being a dentist? What What are some things people don't know about what it's um, like? We, we care, first of all. It hurts our feelings when you walk in and you say, no offense, but I hate dentists. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You get a little teardrop. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, I've heard that so many times that like it, it, it does nothing to me. But at first, it, it stung. Um, but, we're, yeah, yeah, we, we, we're, we're a decent bunch of crowd folks uh so quit making your dentist cry quit saying that yeah don't say that man we care we're trying to help you (laughs) (laughs) uh where'd you go to dental school i went to school at uh, the university of california san francisco in the bay area okay so what do you like about being a dentist and then what do you not like you know so do that no lie, it's kind of like being Batman and that you have the raddest toys on the planet. You got hand pieces with 100,000 drill bits, scalpels, lasers, high-tech scanners, 3D printers. You're, you're doing all the high-tech stuff. You get, I've never you heard to, it compared to being Batman. Dude, it's, it's so cool. Like in terms of the toys, it's awesome. <laughs> um, and then also in terms of the social rewards that you get for helping people who feel well like in the same day you can help somebody who's who's in infection and pain to the point they can't they can't even speak can't swallow can't Can't swallow can't eat others who have a loss of function and they're not in pain but they just can't eat you know because they don't have enough teeth others who are socially impaired because they can't speak or they're afraid to smile Mm -hmm. to their spouse or their grandchildren mm-hmm. and so you get to you do cosmetic? All, all of the you yeah and then too, cosmetic yeah. then you have people yeah. who just don't they're pretty but they don't feel pretty hmm. and so you give them what they want but you, you it's it's almost always healing some type of pain that a person's dealing with why'd you choose dentistry i don't yeah. remember asking you that last time so i wanted to do something in the social services because of how my parents um how how we were raised around them uh mm-hmm. they they both grew up in the social services uh, my dad's a diplomat my mom uh was a nurse and i i just grew up admiring their dedication to care to, towards communities and i wanted to do something like that and i knew i couldn't do it on my dad's uh sort of like political 
level. It, it's, uh-huh. he, he works years at a time to get something done. Uh-huh. And then to me, it was like, well, okay, then you leave, and then the country's corrupt, and it just erases what you did. Okay. Um, whereas dentistry is cool because I, I like working with my hands, and uh, most of the problems can get solved within a day to a few weeks. Okay. So you're like me in that you liked some sort of instant gratification. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, it's I'm not, not instant. Not instant. Yeah, sometimes it can be months. But like yeah. it's you can always see the end goal in sight from the minute you take on the problem. And you know it's not going to take forever. Okay. And it'll make a world of difference. And uh, it comes from your hands. I like that. Okay. I mean, you play the guitar. Yes. You do you work on cars? No, no. Okay. I, uh, I I work on guitars. But where, I, every I I have this. So everything that I'm I'm super uh, passionate as a hobby in my life tends to come from. I, I'm I'm very hands. tactile. Yeah. Hands on. Like what it's, else? I, I collect knives. I like cameras. Oh, yeah. I like developing film. Yeah. I painted. You like for a the, long time. I uh-huh. like. Um, uh, firearms. Uh-huh. I, I like fishing rods. I like dental equipment. I okay. like anything that is a tool or an instrument. Okay, that is used based on my physical touch and output. So, I like that. So, like me, if you were stuck in a cubicle crunching numbers, yeah, you'd probably <laughs> you you would literally go insane. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also a very touchy feely person. Person. So outside of outside the toys, yeah, just in in yeah. general, yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. I like big warm hugs. Right on. Okay, so let's let's take it back to retrospect. So, um, one of the cool things that um, about your life is all the places you've lived. I mean, I think it's cool. Do you think it's cool? I mean, are you? I do now. I didn't always when I was growing up. Yeah, growing up like that was kind of challenging at first. Yeah, it's cool as an uh, tolerable later and then super yeah. interesting later looking back yeah okay can you just do like the bullet point boom 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 where you were born and then where you've lived up until now and then we'll go d- deeper into each one is that is that sound yeah, right yeah sure okay. i was born in newport beach california from there uh, i think we went to virginia silver springs maryland and then we were in, uh, I may be getting some of this timeline wrong, but uh, then I want to say we were in New Walkshot, Mauritania, which is very uh, West Coast, Southern, or West Coast Africa. Uh-huh. Uh, spent a long time there. And actually, I think we went back to the East Coast of the States uh-huh. from there for a while, then went to Swaziland and South Africa. Okay. And then from there, Southern Africa, we went to Senegal, mm-hmm. uh, which is where my brother was born years before. And while we were in South Africa, my sister, other sister was born there. And then from Senegal. Oh, because you're, the, you're the oldest? No, yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah, oldest. Yeah. Yeah, actually, no, then we went from um, Southern Africa to Guinea. Uh-huh. West Africa. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then... I think from there maybe to uh, Russia, Moscow, Russia. Uh-huh. And then I think we went from Russia to Sri Lanka. Uh-huh. And from Sri Lanka to Senegal, West Africa, back again. Okay. And spent time hanging out in France and visiting family in Finland. Uh-huh. And then at that by this point I had I had taken off and I went to a boarding school on the East Coast for high school. Yeah, in New York. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then my family continued to travel. Okay. They spent most of their time from then on in uh Europe and Asia. So they were in Sri Lanka, then Tokyo, Japan, then Bosnia and Croatia. Dad spent a bunch of time in uh back in Sudan again, Haiti. Yeah, they you weren't with them then. By that this point, is where they no, went. no, I wasn't. So after boarding school, you went to school in California. Yeah, and then uh, I went to Long Beach State. Okay, in uh, Southern California. Then dental school in San Francisco, and then New Mexico, and then or graduated and stayed in the Bay Area for a while, long as I could. I mean, everyone who lives in you know California in the Bay doesn't they don't want to leave. You know, it's a rad place, and uh, you do what you can to stay, but. It, 
you know, for our situation at the time, I, uh, I wanted to start a family and it was just kind of challenging at the time, mm-hmm. uh, considering the commute and hours worked. So, uh, we were actually on our way to Texas and I stopped and, uh, on the drive over, met up with some friends in, in Southern New Mexico and, uh, took a job down there with, uh, a dental group and ended up staying down there four years had my first, well, had both of my kids down there hmm. and um, then decided uh, to move to Albuquerque. Hmm. Okay. And that's where you are now. Yep. Okay. I wanted to do like a broad like sweep over your life and like this is going to be maybe a hard question to answer. I don't know. What do you, th- I mean, so f- first of all, can you... Can you say like what your dad does or yeah yeah it's my not dad's like some uh, secret he's he's retired now and he okay. still does contract jobs because he's um, he's very well known and good at what he he did for a long time and his his expertise and knowledge is still very much in uh, demand but is he he's a U.S. diplomat U.S. diplomat yeah. okay but not an ambassador if he'd have gone any higher he would have have been an ambassador yeah okay yeah. okay yeah but he pretty much climbed as high as he could doing that yeah okay and your mom was is she still practicing nurse jack of all trades my mom does it yeah. all she was a first and foremost a loving mother uh, she she went to culinary school uh she went to nursing school she worked with the embassies where we um lived and uh Served as the, uh, what's the word, um, consular, so the visa. That's the person oh. in the embassy who gives visas to people okay. who want to come visit the States. Okay. Yeah, she's just a very talented lady of many trades. And was she from North Carolina? Yep. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, yeah, I want to say yeah. that's that's where her, her stomping grounds were, but then later moved to uh, New York, and okay. that's where she... She she claims identity as a New Yorker. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, more than uh, uh, not Southern. Yeah. Okay. She she's she's got those roots and and you can tell when you talk to her. But, New York. Yeah. Uh, no, Southern. No, roots, Southern. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. North Carolina, but for sure she she uh, she identifies deeply with New York. Also. And and your dad is from Finland. Yeah. 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 Both his parents. Yeah. Hundred percent Finnish. And he was actually born here. I want to say in Worcester, Massachusetts, but okay, yeah, he's because of because of those blood ties and um, the way Finnish citizenship works. It's U.S. works by um, you just being born here. Mm-hmm. Some of the Scandinavian places do it by blood. So oh, because both his parents are one hundred percent Finnish. He's he's considered that, and he's got his. Okay. Uh, dual citizenship passport and residency okay. and they live out there about half the year okay finland half the year and then the bay area yeah the other half the year and yeah. is it specifically like they're avoiding the finnish winter or does or is it more random than that uh no i'm i'm <laughs> i've never asked them but i i feel like i don't need to yeah <laughs> i mean is <laughs> yeah. that it the finnish finnish winters are pretty brutal yeah. okay and and we lived in moscow and cold places long enough and the bay area is relatively warm okay con- in comparison okay during those months so um so w- w- one question i like to ask people is like what do you think your parents heritage is for you in your life like how is that translated in your life you know what's, uh, what's their legacy that you that you feel like they passed on to you well they one of uh multicultural diversity i i I was taught that and heard that before it was a common thing, you know. Uh, I, I mean, by the time I was five or six, I, I identified as Finafro. Finfro. Finafro. Finafro. Finafro is what they they call me. Um, was that a nickname thing, us. or is like that's, that's, that's the actual just what term? They told us no, it's not. Uh, it is a self-made family term. Is yeah, yeah. You're part Finnish and you're part African American, so you're Finafro. You know, like that. and uh, yeah, they always told me that you're the best of both worlds. You're uh, cafe au lait or, or coffee with milk, as okay. they would say. You're some of, some of <laughs> some of everything that people like, and uh, you're lucky because of it. You're unique. 
They would say that to you. Yeah. That's cool. And I needed it because yeah, there there was we lived in places definitely where I, you know, felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb, you know. Okay. All right. So they made you feel comfortable literally in your own skin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else that you feel like they by the way they lived that they've they they so back to your question of why dentistry it was because they lived a life they both lived a life of service that's all i've ever known them to to do uh they i i got my name because they met in in africa uh my dad was doing a peace corps mission and my mom was uh she was either with the world health organization or the red cross both doing volunteer work in Africa, met, ran into each other, fell in love, and decided to give their firstborn kid an African name. Um, but Atem. Yeah. Does it? Is there a meaning? That was a name. I want to say that was the name of one of my dad's good good friends. Who uh, I want to say it was either his his like confident or some some type of bodyguard or protector to him while he was yeah. uh running with the rebels and the Unyanya rebels through southern southern Sudan and uh making a documentary about um Africa's longest ongoing civil war at that point well still you know in Sudan yeah yeah wow but they they were they were always a uh, um Everything about them was service, and I, I wanted to do the same thing in my own way. And I, uh, I just knew I couldn't do it like the way my dad did. Uh, it was going to be closer to something like what my mom did because she was a nurse. More healthcare. More healthcare, okay. hands on. And if I was going to go into healthcare, I wanted to do like yeah, plastic surgery, ENT, facial reconstruction. I was thinking about neck. that for a while. That's interesting. And I was like, why all that? I was, and I just kind of hit me. I was like, well, I think the head and neck is the most Im- uh-huh. impressive or intriguing part of the body to me. Uh-huh. I, I, I was like, I like that. That's, uh-huh. I want to work with my hands and I want to work there. Huh. So That's I just eventually met one of their family dentists who was awesome guy. He, you know, he went fishing all the time and, and had all these uh, trophies on, on his walls in his, in his practice huh. and pictures of uh, all the things he was doing. I was like, that guy is cool. Huh. I'm going to be like him. So you've had a very cosmo, what'd you say? Cosmopolitan life. Is that what you say? Uh, With like all these different places. Is that the term? Like being being all over the world. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. multicultural. Definitely. Um, so, I mean, where do we start? I don't know. Like, what are some? If we we think of Swaziland, uh, Marit- Mauritania, I had to, you know, I didn't remember what that was. I had to look that up. Yeah. Senegal, I knew where that was. Guinea, um, France, Russia. I mean, like all these places, Sri Lanka. Like, um, it's hard to know where to start to ask you questions. So, like. What are some memorable experiences you had growing up in these different countries? Um, so, like, my first memories being alive are uh, in in Nuakshot, or, well, in Mauritania. And um, if you ever picture, like, the scenes of Lawrence Arabia yeah. in the desert... Where it's just sand dunes and camels and uh, moors and Arabs and white cloths and huge tents and very um, hmm. herbal smells and, and tea poured everywhere hmm. and people eating out of big dishes, communal plates. That that's that's how I remember opening my eyes. Really, yeah. Mauritania. Yeah, and, wow, and just. For, for real, the first vision I can ever remember is is me on my dad's shoulders on a sand dune looking out, and I could just see nothing but sand dunes and camels and tents. Seriously. And then he turned the other way, and there was like a skeleton coast of ocean and shipwrecks. 
oh, I heard about these. Yeah. This, this, these ship, these yeah, ghosts. They're, they're just every ghost town everywhere for ships. It's, it just looks like you know parts of the Titanic just coming up out of the ocean on the beach, and um, we would we would sit up in the tents with with these uh, local people and and eat these dishes of chebujin fish rice and and uh, just delicious delicious vegetables out of a huge communal plate and huh. people were all dressed up in robes and pouring tea from like three four feet up in the air and have this beautiful bubbly concoction that was highly caffeinated but delicious huh. and then we would go into the ocean and swim and uh, my dad would put me on his shoulders and just dive under the waves and I thought yeah that's it. That's a cool memory, man. That's really cool. And it was it's a French speaking Yeah, country. there they speak a combination of French, Wolof, which is a local African language, and uh Arabic or, or yeah, basically. So you grew up speaking French? Yep. Or Finnish yep. or no, no, English no, no. or me and my brother who was it was only me and my brother at the time we we grew up speaking wolof uh french and english yeah not finnish not at that no we actually we've never spent so i can finish my parents uh learn it and and they speak it your now. mom learned it yeah they're 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 learning it still it's a hard it's i'm gonna say it was in the guinness world book of records is one of the toughest languages <laughs> okay. uh, it's got some of the longest words ever it's it's challenging, but they're yeah they're learning it, and huh. um, so but we you, never learned it. Wolof, yeah, Wolof. You, you you and Arabic too. Yeah, you, you okay? And do you remember those? I mean, French. No, you remember? No, 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 no. French. Do you do you feel fluent in French still? Yeah, yeah, but I had to relearn that, and actually, I lost I lost my French hmm. for what I thought was forever after we came back to the states because I didn't want to speak it anymore, hmm. and. Um, we had to later relearn it because we went back to West Africa after we were in Southern Africa. To Senegal. Yeah, and, and Guinea. What are your memories of those places, Senegal and Guinea? Um, Guinea, was, Guinea was pretty cool. It was wild. I mean, it was a very tropical um, It's sub-Saharan. No. No, no, that, one, that it's one's west. Just, yeah, it's west. Yeah, I want to say it's near Senegal, but lower. Okay. Um, tropical. Yeah, very, very tropical. I remember we were always getting sick out there. Like um, a lot of Mosquito tropical, born. yeah, tro yeah, tropical diseases and parasites and things like that. My sister, my youngest sister almost died out there. She had to get medevaced back to Germany with wow. my mom because she got some, some sort of parasite. Everybody got tick bite fever, dengue fever, malaria, yeah, dengue, just all yeah. the time, you know. So your mom was cool with like hop going around. She was adventurous, or uh, was, my dad's the, the adventurer. My dad's like uh -huh. she jokes around that he thinks he's Indiana Jones. <laughs> he's just always the Finnish uh, Indiana yeah, Jones, always out on an adventure, looking <laughs> to blaze some new trail and and find some some cool thing to get into. But I mean, they're still together, and yep. I mean, obviously she was she yeah. was cool with it. I mean, yeah. like yeah, I mean, she obviously she was. In Africa, where they met, you mm -hmm. know, so she was she had some adventure spirit yeah. with her. No, she she definitely also has the travel bug, and is equally as restless. Uh, What's your mom like? What's her personality? I haven't met her yet. Oh, changes over the years, definitely. Uh, always loving, always family first. Um, very very firm with the kids when i was younger and to the point where i like you know we got strict discipline when i grew up you know mm -hmm. and and nowadays if i like raise my voice at my kids she's like don't you do that you know and i'm like mom who, who are you <laughs> that's not how we were raised um no but very very loving very family first okay very um uh, school of hard knocks okay you know and hmm. so just, what about senegal yeah are senegal you, was cool senegal i really liked that we we that was the second time we were there my brother was born there and we went back probably like t 12 years later and that's french speaking also yeah 
Um, so you were in middle school, no, middle no. school, high school there? No, no. Uh, by that time, I had actually left, and I was already in. I was I was already in in school on the East Coast. Uh, oh, when we were in. Central oh, you were just going there for holiday. Or yeah, whatever. I was just going back to visit them and whatnot. Okay. Okay. And, and my whole family lived there, but it, it was fun. I mean, it's a, a really interesting mix of uh, local African culture and um, a little bit of well, a decent amount of Arab culture influence over there too, okay. and uh, a lot of historic sites like the the, the island of Gores where. They called it Point of No Return, which is where the slaves were taken, and that was the last point in Africa oh, on that yeah. slave island where they were held uh-huh. before they were shipped onto boats and pushed towards the Americas and the Caribbean. Uh-huh. Um, I've read that the Senegal was like the last country to outlaw slavery or something. Like, uh, that like a, that actually might be Mauritania. Mauritania, actually oh, maybe it's still Mauritania. Have, it, it might still have maybe it's Mauritania. Slavery. I know they've they, I know they've still had. Legal slavery, I want to say, until a couple of years ago. Yeah, they're they're funky culture. Oh. Uh, I mean, this may be a hard question to answer, but, like, do you feel like you can connect more with people from all different cultures because of how you grew up? Or how do you... Oh, yeah, I hands mean, down, hands down. Yeah, because like some say, people never leave their hometown, right. and that's fine for them if right. they want to do that, but... I would say that's definitely, like I said, growing up, it was initially tough, you know, because you had to say goodbye to friends, leave a neighborhood, not just go to a new different neighborhood or a different state, but like a different country or continent sometimes. And as as a kid, young, that hurts. That's you know? very difficult. Yeah. But, I, I didn't do that growing up. Right. But kids are resilient. And after a while, you push through it and you realize okay, now it's actually kind of fun, you know, because you get restless and you want something new or or you want to see something else and there's a, a, an atmosphere of excitement behind it. And then even more years later, you look back and you go, holy smokes, man, I was, I was really blessed. Like that, I'm lucky because that gave me things, huh. you know. Huh. Like one of the easiest ways I can think about an example would be just in my line of work, um, in dentistry like there's so many people who come in who have no background commonality with me but it doesn't matter like if, if you're a human i'll find some bone that we connect on mm-hmm. and and some some form of common ground it's just like okay what is it you know okay uh, Let's, can we try something yeah can you do uh can you say like hello i'm uh I'm your dentist. Welcome to uh, welcome. I'm your dentist. Can you say that in? Let's start with French. Uh-huh. I'm gonna let's go through. I let's can go, only do let's that. Let's go through languages. How about <laughs> Russian? And... I can't do. I don't speak Russian. <laughs> I did. Like, like all. That's the funny thing about languages is you when you're a kid. Yeah. When you're your kid's age. You learn. You pick it. them up. Yeah. You're a sponge and you pick them up instantly. Um. But you forget them just as fast, especially if you're not using them on a daily basis. Like I 100% forgot French hundred percent. Like, uh, uh-huh. I think I didn't relearn it until I was like 12. Um, and my parents were, cause they were telling me we're going back to a French speaking society. You need to learn this. And I was terrified. I was like, I can't even say like, how are you? You know? Uh-huh. Um, and so how did you okay. learn it? Did you have a tutor or something? No. Or what? Well, yeah, I had a little bit of tutor, uh, tutor stuff, and and I did some tape stuff over the summer. And the State Department they have these um, speed language courses. Yeah. For for diplomats and for their families. Know. Yeah, exactly. It's like tutors coming to your house and like no. bonjour, let's mm, talk to you. Very little of that. Mainly, it was like listen to these tapes okay. and speak back to it. Okay. And then we're going to send you to France to live for a while. And, and then you were just in like a, f- a French-speaking yeah, you school. You weren't in, in a... You just immerse yourself in You weren't it, in yeah. a um, expatriate school or something. Um, I think like, the first year we were in Guinea, I did... Yeah, I did about a year at an Anglo-American, uh-huh. um, uh, which was... It was still a bilingual school, but then after that, 
I went for like the next three years to only a French speaking uh, okay system. Lycée is what they called it. Lycée. Yeah, but it was crazy because the French came back. I was convinced I knew nothing, and it came maybe like six or eight weeks, and all of a sudden. It was back, you know. And you still have it. Yeah, and and to this day now. S'il vous plaît, still, let's hear it. Poisson. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I would do. That's not real French. Uh, that's cool. Um, did you, um, okay, so let's do your quiz right now. Are yeah. you cool with that? It's time for two minutes of glory. Okay. okay. Break, okay. So here's your quiz. So you have... Two minutes to get ten of these questions right. Oh boy! What Two are, minutes. What are they on? They are on. Yeah, your quiz is custom made on all the places you've lived. Oh, so it's a little bit of trivia about each of these places. Okay. And you just, I'm gonna say a question, and you say what country or state it is okay. about, because some of these are U.S. states. Okay. Got it. Got it. So if I said, you know, this is the. Uh, Anyway, I'm not going to do any quiz. It's like, um, we're just going to start the quiz. All right. All right. And I'm trying to do it to help you, so I'm not trying to stump you. <laughs> okay. All right. Two minutes to get 10 right, and we're starting right now. This is officially the kingdom of Eswatini. Swaziland. Good. A railroad system in this country crosses eight time zones, goes through 87 cities and towns, and crosses 16 rivers. I would say Russia. Russia, correct. This, um, because of its unique shape and position to the south of India, this country is known as the teardrop of India. Ceylon, Sri Lanka. Correct. The northern lights can be seen from this country's province, Arctic province. Finland and Sweden. Correct. This state capital is Annapolis. Maryland. Correct. The capital of this country has more, the capital of this country has more billionaires per capita than anywhere in the world. It's some place you've lived. Oh, uh, Japan. No, some place you've lived. Some some place we've lived. The capital. You can say pass. We'll come back to it if we want. Okay. Okay. Uh, this New York. No, nope, <laughs> incorrect. This is the world's most popular tourist desti- destination. This country. You've lived there. Seriously. Yeah. Not California. No, it's in the state. You right? lived in the southern area of this country. Southern Africa. No, we'll come back to it. Okay. This, this country's motto is Liberté, Egalité, Fraternité. Boom, boom, you got me. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. France. Oh, okay, correct. Okay, this West A- these West African countries have French as the official language. And you've lived there. Oh, Mauritania, Guinea, Senegal, correct. Côte d'Ivoire. Correct. This is a desert nation, and two-thirds of the country is covered by the Sahara Desert. For sure, Mauritania. Correct. Um, Adams Peak is the most sacred mountain in this country. Adams Peak. Uh, there's some depressions at the summit. People believe they are imprints of the Buddha. Someplace you've lived. Sri Lanka. Correct. This is known as the Golden State. Cali. Known as the land of enchant land of enchantment. New Mexico. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the end of your quiz. Let's see what you got. <laughs> You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay. You nailed it, dude. You don't know what you won. I don't have it up here. You won a mug, an in retrospect mug, with that logo. With that logo Sweet. on it. Nice. Congrats. Awesome. <laughs> nice job. The um. Let's see. The 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 Moscow has more billionaires per capita oh, man, than anywhere in the world. I should have known that. Yeah, here's that a, you know Moscow's crazy because when we when we moved there, here's a crazy thing. When we moved there, it was still pretty much Soviet Union. So USSR. Yeah, you you got there and they were just sort of introducing seeing things like uh, McDonald's restaurants and pizza huts there but that that was few and far between and not everybody could afford to do that uh-huh. for the most part you had a line for butter a line for milk a line for bread what then, what ages were you there i mean roughly uh, like 13 
I think I got there when I was 13 or 14, maybe 14. How long were you there? Oh, thir- 12 or 13 for sure. How long were you there? Three and a half years. Okay. And uh, and while we were there, they like we saw them attack the um, parliamentary buildings and the tanks going through the streets and 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 basically crush down communism. Oh, and and when Gorbachev was in yeah, power, yeah, it, it just all changed overnight. Hmm. And um, what yeah, was that like in nothing. school? Like, what was that like with your friends? Like, what were they saying? It was wild. Like it. it the day that it hit me was we were we were being told this is all an extremely important political uh, event right now, the, the things that are going on. And we were just like, yeah, 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 whatever, because we were used to living in places that were un- undergoing, um, you know, coups and government overturn mm. and um, Your family. tumultuous. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we just weren't phased by that, yeah. really. Yeah. But then I remember after about four or five days straight of – seeing on cnn like these tanks going through the city and shooting stuff at the at the 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 the, whatever their white house is yeah across the river the red square yeah mortar shells and all this stuff Hmm. in the street and you would see it on tv and then you look outside the window and you'd see that right outside your window really i was like holy smokes like we're living actually through some some big thing this is this is a real thing right now wow and um wow was your school in russia in russian i mean russian uh we took russian we took russian classes but i didn't go to like a a full bilingual russian speaking school my school was either um no i went to two schools there one was all french and then the other was uh yeah russian american wow yeah wow interesting man yeah it was a wild place to be right there holy cow uh, after Russia, was that when you came to New York boarding school? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Then I was on the East Coast, and then came to California, back to Cali. I think most Americans um, don't know what it's like to go to a boarding school. I mean, this may sound like unless you're like I don't know, not that your family was this, but I'm saying like unless in U.S. I feel like it's more you'd be more like more elite family, mm-hmm. like financially to do like boarding school or something yeah. out like overseas or something. Yeah. Overseas. Well, I felt, I felt behind the curve. I felt like I was supposed to do that a lot earlier. Huh? Um, you went when you were 14. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, that's wild to think of like Cameron going to, yeah, it was, I, I kind of grew up expecting it. A lot of my friends. You were looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, I was looking forward to it, and I felt like almost behind and left out because so many of my friends growing up had, had done that already by, like, 11 or 12. Wow. You just, you just go off and you, you do your, you know, I mean, secondary training. Secondary school yeah, there. exactly. I mean, it's a weird foreign thing for me mm-hmm. but it's a wild like like interesting it's almost like you're coming of age at 14 that's that's why and that's what i always thought i was like no you go out and you go to boarding school you do your own thing and become a man that way um huh you 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 live and create your own life and destiny that way what was that like what was the school called in new york uh storm king academy and uh it was fun. It was beautiful. It was in the Catskills Mountains right on the Hudson River between um, a little town called uh, Cornwall and Hudson in Poughkeepsie hmm. right near West Point. And beautiful location. Absolutely gorgeous in the woods and fantastic uh, staff and huh. facilities. You weren't, you weren't like crying it. every night missing no, your family? I, I never, never, ever did. Never. Really? Yeah. I mean, I also because of the way I grew up. I uh, I don't know. Missing somebody was not really a, a concept to me. It was like, I'll always see you later. We're just saying goodbye for now. Huh. I never felt like, oh, I'm saying goodbye and I'll never see you again. It's like, well, I say goodbye to everybody I meet. Oh, you mean like your friends that you would leave? like Or my family places. even, you know? It didn't bother me. It was like, huh. it was like no. But we're, you were always with your family. Not in boarding school. No, no, I mean, but before that, you were always with them. Well, you know, I mean, my dad left. He he, he would go off and, and okay. do um, separate tours and projects okay. and be gone for months at a time. Okay. Um, 
so it just wasn't i'm just surprised that you weren't homesick yeah yeah no i i never i never felt like that yeah yeah but some kids i'm sure did there yeah. there were kids there who who felt that way and i just i, I remember looking at them going man am i weird like why don't i uh-huh. i'm just like i just know i'm going to see everybody who means something to me again later yeah. huh interesting is this true i read that in russia are they are they taught to not smile in school <laughs> someone wrote that on a website and i was like that can't be true i uh yeah i i don't know i can't i can't comment on that <laughs> okay. R- russians are pretty you can't I mean, they're big city or... folks they're, they're not gonna you know be as uh happy smiley as as some su- southern place but uh no they're they're nice people they're, they're good folks and someone was it you or someone was saying that someone like some people in french oh who was saying this we're saying like there's no way like the U.S. like there's no way you guys are that happy all the time, like smiling all the time. Mm-hmm. Was that you that was saying that? Not me, no. No, someone was saying that that uh, a lot of some French people couldn't believe that. <laughs> Maybe like, somebody are, from Paris, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, wow, so that's cool, man. New York, and then uh, what did you in high school? Did you were you involved in sports or music or just academics or yeah i did a uh, jazz band i did uh i was on the wrestling team i was on the weightlifting team um for that i was swimming i i almost always did a bunch of uh like solo sports i i sort of regret not having done too many team sports but it was just it was just the very the way my brain worked as i liked i liked solo sports i liked putting in my amount of work and getting my amount of achievement or credit or glory hmm. or whatever reward off of it, hmm. and uh, yeah, I was I was in a lot of solo sports. Is that how you got so good at guitar? Yeah, yeah. I, I well, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I think you are. <laughs> I'm not Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> but no, I like to play. But yeah, I spent a lot of time. Yeah, just skateboarding and lifting weights and swimming and playing guitar in my room and if i go books. grab the taylor will you will you jam for a second right now yeah man no, I, I got nothing to play right now. oh look come on yeah you do <laughs> just why'd you do that for a second i guess like, <laughs> what are we gonna play welcome back to in retrospect here we have a tem reed on guitar We're what not recording get? now, right? Um, no. Liar! <laughs> <laughs> What's the one that my sisters like? The, the, the pumpkin song. Because uh, I don't know what this interview was like or what your questions were like, but hi, baby. Hi, baby. Are we live? Hi. Yes. We're okay. Always be recording. I've just been to, like, going over, like, yes, but did you did you ask uh, how many languages he speaks? I did not ask that specifically. How many languages do you speak, Atem? I speak only uh, like fluently two. Uh, no. How many languages do you speak? I didn't ask fluently. Well, <laughs> no. Uh, have I spoken? You speak uh, Russian? I, I have, yeah, I've spoken Russian, I've spoken Wolof, I've spoken uh, a little bit of Amharic, Siswati, or Zulu, mm-hmm. and uh, 
Spanish? Did French. I say French? French. Yeah. So I have a question for Kendall. Yes. Have you fallen, after this interview, have you fallen as hopelessly in love with him as I have now? Do you get it? <laughs> yes, I get it. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already had our bromance in, yeah, yeah. in, in New Mexico. In New Mexico. <laughs> Kendall's my crush. I like him. <laughs> yeah. So you ended up moving to Long Beach for college. Yeah, and uh, I, I I went to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I went to Long Beach State. Entered actually, I entered with a uh, planning to do uh, marine biology, and uh, switched it later to pre dental. Oh, marine but, biology! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I wanted to be Jack Cousteau for a while. Like <laughs> Jacques Cousteau. Yeah. Why did you want to do that? Because you were saying you were looking at like service oriented stuff. Yeah, I I wanted to do that, but like a lot like a lot of the the stuff that I was into was like a lot of the books that I would read was like National Geographic, um and nature magazines and and uh Yeah. I I just loved biology and nature. I, was, I always thought it was amazing. So then we got around to talking about how he ended up choosing dentistry and mm-hmm. like enjoying working with his hands and stuff like that. So why did you go to California as opposed to you were on uh, the I was, East Coast? Uh, yeah, I was sort of pushed towards to pick in. I, I would have stayed on the East Coast, actually. I liked it there, but because I was Cali-born, my grandmother and my you know my father had roots out there, too. Uh, it was easy. I already had Cali residency. Oh, okay. So I got the in-state tuition. It was a lot cheaper for nice. me to go there. And my dad went to Berkeley and wanted me to <laughs> pursue the same path as him and so to get um so you're in california undergrad and your parents at that point are in all these different places your family how'd you keep in touch with them because um, it wasn't really I say by the time i got to by the time i was leaving high school and getting to uh college email was becoming a lot more of a thing and it was it was a lot more easy to stay in touch. I mean, okay. we still did landline overseas calls. At like was Skype around then? No, hell no. <laughs> no, not even. Was it? Okay. <laughs> that was more, yeah, 2000s or something? Like late, late, late. Okay. Yeah. So, again, still, you're not really missing your family a ton? No, no. But I, I was also living on the weekends with my grandmother, uh, my mumu as we mm. call her in Finnish. Mm. She was an adorable woman, and she just looked... Well, she, she was from Finland? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what was she like? Beautiful. Just so sweet. <laughs> she, she's passed away? Yeah. Tell the story of... What story? Or one of her stories, but... Um, I, don't, I can't think of any... When she got her eyes... Fi- oh. Yeah. She... <laughs> So she she went and uh, after a uh, uh, optometrist appointment, went and got uh, I don't know if she got LASIK or updated her glasses, but she came back and she was so upset because initially she she was happy she was like oh my gosh look at the the trees those are their leaves on them you know Did she get cataracts out or something something like yeah. that yeah. and then went to the bathroom. And was furious because she was like, "What, what happened to my face? There's all these wrinkles all over." She was like, "This is terrible." Seriously, upset. She's like, "I can see clearly. I can see clearly now." That's pretty funny. No, she was. She was. Put them back in. Yeah, she. She. She always. She was uh, very fond of her, her lady friends, and they would come over and have uh, coffee and play card games and board games all the time. And uh, Would she make you, like, rice pudding? Yes, yeah. yeah. Risipuro is what they call it. That's a traditional yeah. uh, Finnish rice pudding, which was... It's yeah, so good. Yeah. That I was love her, that. That was one of her main dishes. 
as, as she would do in the holidays. And her yeah. English was pretty good, or she just spoke Finnish? Yeah, you could tell she was Finnish, for sure. Yeah, she, she would make a bunch of uh, sometimes funny. Like what? Um, so all these, like the, the bricks in her, her yard... She she would call them all these little pink pricks in my yard, <laughs> and my mom would be like, "You you can't say that. They're they're bricks. You gotta print. You gotta enunciate the the b. <laughs> they're bricks." Uh, yeah, she was very. You you could tell she had a Finnish accent, and uh, uh-huh. and and sometimes she would say say her uh, exclamations in Finnish words. Like what? Them that way, I can't remember what they would be, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's one yeah. of those things I remember about her. So you, one of the things you said when you went through New Mexico is that you're like, you wanted, to, or you didn't want, you wanted to kind of move out of the Bay Area place. That's, um, you said you wanted to raise a family. So I guess I, this is what I think of asking you is like, what if you're now you have two kids, and I'm sad they're not here, but what would you say you've learned as a father? Have these awesome kids? That's um, like that's a long question. Yeah, yeah, it's it a is. long and answer. I, I learn more from. You definitely learn more whatever it is they teach you that week, that month, that year. Um, you know, they they teach you how much. Well, they've taught me how much I can expand my heart. Uh, how much bigger I can be? How much more responsible I can be? How big? How how much more I can dream for them. Um, Do you feel like you get to relive childhood a little bit? That's yeah, how I oh, feel with 100%. my kids. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Seeing, seeing them be kids and, and grow up and go through all the learning steps. It's, it's as much fun for me as I hope it is for them. Just I always to, love to that witness and be a part of it, you know? Yeah. Like Christmas or Christmas lights are like, that's one of the things I loved or just like you see them like jumping in a puddle or something. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I forgot that was fun. Or right. like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing we didn't talk about, can we go back just really quick to Swaziland yeah. in South Africa? Mm-hmm. Um, what, how old were you then? We didn't talk about that at all. Um, probably like seven to 11, maybe 12. Okay. Big chunk. Yeah. Big chunk. And you said your parents helped you feel comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. and you were kind of oblivious. You thought that was the best place on earth. Yeah. You didn't know yeah. that apartheid was going on. I mean, I, I knew in the back of my head, but, uh, initially I didn't, you know, and, and because they were trying to sort of shelter us from all that and, and not let us see what was going on. Well, um, sorry, what was your school like then? We went to um, international okay. Uh, okay. local schools okay. and, and uh, school, schools that had a uh, – or actually, they were British schools. Okay. Um, but if you had gone to a public school, yeah, yeah. It would be different, yeah. yeah. So do you, do you mind telling that beach story again? I mean, you told me already. When you, when you first kind of – had the rude awakening of what was going on there. Yeah, so so one of the first is that cool? Yeah, yeah, so one of the first uh very <laughs> very real um moments out there was we we were in this this hip touristy place called Durban and uh the the beaches were segregated and we were re- real young did not really we weren't aware of all the social cues. We, me and my brother just knew that this beach over here was, was super enticing and pretty and well kept up. And there was waves here and food carts and everything. And then this other side of the beach was, uh, it, it was just an invisible line of segregation and the, the, it did not have, nearly the as as much cool stuff as the as the white privilege side did hmm. and uh, uh my brother and i were just walking towards what was obviously <laughs> the more fun side you know hmm. and got quickly shooed off 
I mean, uh, by by big old cop with, with this shambok or stick or whatever they call it, and dog and 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 chewed back and basically told, "Get the heck out of here! Like, what are you doing? You, you're crossing the line." Hmm. And and that was at that point one one of the first moments where we were like, "Okay, this is this is a very real." Uh, and your dad kind of had to intercede for yeah, you a little bit. Yeah, segregation of color. Yeah, and then, and shortly after that, my parents um, sort of gave us a little lecture because I was we were going, wow, this is the coolest place on earth, and they were like looking at each other, side eyeing, going, okay, we need to tell them, you know, like because you had a, the beach, you had right. the Sahara, the safaris, right? You had and and at the same time, we were we were. You thought it was privileged to be somewhat protected from mm. that because we were American diplomats, mm. and so we were sort of entitled or um, allowed to appreciate things that we we might not normally have been able to because my mm. my parents were diplomats. You mm. know, it wasn't a normal experience, that's for sure. So that was, I mean, okay, that was eye opening. Yeah, and there was a there was a lot more experiences like that that came later, and just sort of in South Africa or other yeah, countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mainly in Southern Africa, and 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 then with you know the coming of age and and a maturation and awareness of of things that go on more broadly outside of your diplomatic privilege that that uh, really yeah they stuck. Um, well, uh, oh, and we didn't even talk about France. I mean, you were there, you, you weren't there for long. No, um, we were basically there for a tour in, uh, okay. um, Villefranche or Villefranche as some folks say, but, uh, hmm. yeah, Southern France, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. It was hmm. definitely uh, strong memories in my head and, uh, Nice. Hmm. And uh, you know, everywhere from there, the Champs Elysees, and yeah, you know, we had fun. Hmm. And and the French came back real quick there because it's clearly all you heard. But it was it was a fun cultural experience to be out there on rock cobblestone and pebble beaches, and hmm. it was cool. Loved it. Uh, well, let's jump, I guess, just to present day. Like, is there um, as you, we talked about being a dad? I I. I echo like what you feel like. Do you have any, if you like, what does it mean to you to look at life in retrospect? Like what, uh, um, kind of, as we finish up here, you're looking at all these places you've lived. You're a father now, um, a dentist. Um, and you know, what's, what does it mean to you to look at life in retrospect? Um, well, I can't remember who said it, but, Somebody said something along the lines of, uh, you know, day by day, nothing changes. And then all of a sudden you look back and everything's different. Um, yeah, life in rest- retrospect is, is uh, you look back on, on all the things that I'm, I'm grateful, you know, because... Growing up, again, I didn't always feel lucky for the life I had. Uh, I didn't realize it. But as I got older, I I learned to appreciate the uniqueness that that my, my rich life and, and family life and cultural experience had afforded me. And uh, it was a sense of appreciation in my teen and 20s. And now I look back and I'm like, no, that was a blessing. That gave me a slice of experience that few people have the opportunity to have i mean you you got that you went on a mission i'm sure you yeah. had an amazing experience yeah it was like that I, I, i'd love just to hear living more about one that other later. place yeah exactly yeah but it it does open your eyes in a way that um i i feel that kind of travel and cultural diversity melting pot experience it, it's hard to recreate that just by living in one place, you know, it almost really has to be experienced and lived. And and looking back in retrospect, as you asked, I'm very grateful for that. I'm I'm really grateful for that. And uh, 
you feel like it's made your heart what it is today. Yeah, I feel like you no have doubt. a big heart. No doubt. Yeah. I when I think about you, that's what I think about. You got a big heart. Yeah. Maybe absolutely. It, huh. I I feel there's good no matter where I go on earth. Well, thanks, man, for taking the time. Well, thank you. through this. Thank you. (laughs) Fun to be on the air. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening. If this did anything positive for you, please share it with a friend. And until we meet next time, may light and peace ever grow in your life. May your socks be dry and unholy, and may all your cinnamon rolls be slightly overdone. See ya.